it working? <laughs> yes, it's working. Where did that music come from? It's working. Did you make that music? No, the podcast made that music. Okay, we're gonna just like make sure we're all set up right here and you're gonna have to bear with us because this is our first time doing this. So um hi, hi, hi. Okay, we're gonna do this actually first. Ready? We're gonna do this. There we go. Oh cheers. Okay, so we're cheersing <laughs> because welcome to life with Lee and Lindsay. So I'm Lee. I'm Lindsay. And we're sisters, and we really just decided that we wanted to come on here and start a connection with fellow working professional moms who just I don't really care if they're working or not. Mostly just moms. Oh, okay. Sorry. I mean, oh, working is just great. Moms. Just women, but moms that just, you know, maybe feel like they're alone, like they're wondering, you know, have you ever just like asked yourself, am I I can't be the only one feeling these things. Like, so we really just wanted to come on and just start talking about some things that as women and as moms come up and talk about our real lives, talk about our relationship. Hi, Mary. Um, and really just kind DJ's of get real with you guys. Our cousin's watching this. From Missouri. From Missouri. What's up? <laughs> so uh, we thought it would actually be fun if I introduced Lindsay and then she's going to introduce me because it's, you know, then we can actually maybe hear some surprising things about each other. So I never took a drink of this. Real quick though, my voice doesn't normally sound like this. Our, our children are just, um, no, your children, my children are just disgusting all the time. Just full no, of germs. They're not disgusting. They're, they're adorable. adorable. They're just and disgusting. The full of germs. Um, so the current germ takes your speech away. So basically what she's saying is, is that in a week, my whole house will have this. Yeah, so, so we're just going to pass it along. Yeah. Actually, the nanny called me earlier tonight and said that she may or may not be able to watch Nora tomorrow. And because I Nora don't, is her my youngest, I don't year. have a contingency plan yet. So I'm just pretending that this is not happening until I have to do something about it. Okay. So rest your voice for a second. Okay. So Lindsay, Lindsay is a, I keep wanting to say she's 29, but she's actually 30. Woo, dirty 30. Um, in the 30 club. It's an interesting <laughs> club. Um, so she just turned 30 about um, two months ago, and she is the wonderful mother to Sonia, a.k.a. Sunny, who is almost four and oh. is amazing, but also one of the most stubborn <laughs> children I've ever met in my entire life. And yes. then she has Nora, who's about to be a year, who's adorable but doesn't sleep. So At any all. moms out there who have kids who don't sleep, Lindsay's got you. I got you. Yes. Uh, she's also, so we both have this in common. We're both nurse practitioners. Um, she's in the family care, so she takes care of, you know, from baby to old age, um, kind of in a less of an acute way than I do. And she just accepted a job as a nursing professor here in Columbus at a different school than the one that I'm a nursing professor at. So we're kind of like, we live parallel lives, parallel lives, um, few differences. Yeah. So Lee has well I have two jobs that I work so I work most of the time now at the college college of nursing and then the other part of the time like 10 hours nine hours a week um doing my old job as an NP um Lee has like 74 jobs at any Pretty given much. time 
So she's an NP at a much bigger hospital and a faculty member at a much bigger university, university. college of nursing. Um, what do you teach, by the way? <laughs> do you teach? I know you teach farm. Pharmacology, uh, so I teach so like pharmacology. drugs. Yeah, I teach people how to prescribe and how to not prescribe. Um, I teach also uh, pathophysiology, so I teach people how to uh, diagnose disease, how to recognize it and differentiate it from when someone's healthy. And then I also teach health assessment. So I help people nice. um, basically do an exam and ask the right questions so that they can figure out what's wrong with somebody. Do you want to hear something funny? We teach two of the same classes. I, I know. know this. I don't parallel lives, <laughs> man. Yeah. So I teach, I'm going to be teaching pharmacology, or no, I'm not. I'm going to be teaching, no, I'm not. That's a lie. I'm going to be teaching patho, <laughs> which is like all the things that can go wrong with your body. Um, speaking of which, yesterday yeah. I was reviewing some stuff about patho. Yeah. Um, whilst simultaneously listening to whilst. O-Town and the Backstreet Boys. I mean, don't ask. There's nothing wrong with that. The thing that kills you about that is that, like, you can literally remember the words to an O-Town song from 1996, but try to remember the Krebs cycle, I don't even know. Probably not. It was probably, like, 2000, but still. Okay. The Krebs cycle, it was like, I've never even seen this before, and I know I've seen it at least, like, six or seven times. I totally agree with that, because <laughs> my son said, um, oh, what did he say? He said something from a song lyric, and both my husband and I came up with two. Oh, he said, do you remember? And I went, the 21st of September. <laughs> and my husband went, the 5th the fifth of November. And I was like, okay, so we can remember movie lines from V for Vendetta, <laughs> and we can remember, you know, all songs that are 50 years old. But ask either of us whose turn it is to, you know, do the laundry or whatever, and neither of us can remember. So, so let me tell you about... Like, this story is a working mom's life in a nutshell. We have this lamp. So I was trying to get, first of all, I was trying to get set up for this podcast in the 12 minutes between when my kids went to bed and when we were supposed to start, right? And they actually went to bed, which is a, an absolute miracle. So just, let's just be thrilled with that. Yeah. I was. This surprised. lamp over my shoulder has been broken for like a year. Yeah. It like kind of turns on, but it's just very dim. Mm-hmm. And I feel like several times my husband and I have had a conversation about changing the light bulb. Okay. And in that conversation, we decided that it had been changed and that the light bulb was not the problem. So in that 12 minutes, I went downstairs, found another lamp, brought it upstairs, switched the lamps, switched the light bulbs, plugged in the new lamp, and realized that the light bulb was the problem the whole time, and then undid everything that I had just done and changed the light bulb. And like, first of all, why was that broken for a year and changed? <laughs> Secondly, did we not have the conversation about this light bulb? Um, I feel like, but this is like, this is what life is. It's just like you constantly, uh, think about things that need to be done and you either do them or like almost do them or kind yeah. of partly do them. And then they, somehow it's a year and a half later and you're like, oh, that, that's not right. Well, and I also feel like that list correlates when, with each of my children. So like yours, you're like, oh, it's been broken for like a little over a year. Yeah. So when you were super pregnant and you haven't fixed this since you had your child, like there's things around my house and I'm like, huh, yeah. I remember talking about this like eight years ago. Why didn't we fix this? Oh wait. Cause that's when I was pregnant with my first kid. And mm. since then things have been a, you know what show. So literally I think that list is just, a, you know, your priorities change. There's it, also this thing about like, like, if you go looking for a problem, you'll find a problem you don't want to find because you just don't want yes. to know. Yes. Yes. So I don't know if <laughs> Like, I would rather just not yeah. know. I don't know how many of you guys are like, 
I think there might be something wrong with my washing machine. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep doing laundry exactly the way that I have. Yeah. And then when it really breaks, I'll buy a new one. As opposed to like finding the 20, maybe the 20, right. $30 problem that could actually be there. Just because you've got so much other stuff going on. So And there's always like that that glitch in your house that you know about like we have a light in the other room that'll just like randomly go five shades dimmer we have a lot of problems with our lights we need some probably just get some Sounds like you light bulbs i don't know lamps i don't want to go looking for it because that sounds expensive it just sounds expensive and time consuming i don't even know how we got here i don't either we were talking about your jobs oh that's right light we didn't even finish my job she has a lot of jobs in addition to the teaching and the nurse practicing she um, she's a life coach and she does, uh, ketones. Yeah. So I work. Education and yeah. she sells supplements through Prove It and. Yeah. Got a lot going on. How many on. other jobs do you have? I mean, we, I think that's it right now. Right now. Well, I mean, I think, so the, the balance, <laughs> the balance coaching and life coaching is, is a newer thing and it's really evolved out of the conversation that kind of is what this podcast and Facebook live has evolved from, which is really. How do we as as women, particularly mothers, and I, I really kind of hone in with moms who are directly in control of their income. So whether that's you're in a business where you're selling things or you actually own your own business or whatever, you know, how do you just manage like the 17 things that you have going on all day, every day and not lose your freaking mind? Because I think so many of us were brought up in that era of yes, we as women can do it all and we can have it all and we can be it all. And then you're like, okay, so where's the book that teaches me how to do that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so one of the things that we're going to do cautiously in this podcast is talk about what our lives were like growing up with our parents. Um, yeah. Our, and I say cautiously because our parents are the best. They are awesome are they and amazing. I don't know if they're watching yet. Okay. I saw some cousins. I saw yeah. some extended family. So we'll see if they show up. They're probably too busy. Honestly, our parents have a much our parents better are more social. Fun things than we they do. are way more fun than we do. They mm-hmm. have like time and money and <laughs> they don't have little people <laughs> asking for stuff. Yeah. So they just yeah. have, so anyway, but the point is we um we want to respect their privacy, our husband's privacy, our kids' privacy. Yeah. We, so we're yeah. going to be a little bit cautious when we talk about the other people in our lives just because um, we don't, we wouldn't ever want to make anybody feel like they, you know, we were sharing their business. Yeah. No, but you know, I think, but I think there's something to be said for actually being raw and vulnerable to, you know, respecting those that you love, their privacy, but also just being real because yeah. I think there's so many, so much out there that's just fake now and in podcasts in facebook lives on social media in in network tv you know everywhere yeah. it's um, so yeah so the point like the point we're getting about with our mom is that she we had like the best example of a working mom oh my god but she was probably a little too good at it and when i say that i mean like she set unrealistic expectations for how good at it we could be. Yes. <laughs> and we're not that good at it. We're just so, really not that good at it. As an example, like our mother, so what she would do is every What time morning, did she get up? I don't Who know. Even knows? We'd have to ask her. So every morning we would come downstairs and she would be like, What do you want for breakfast? Short and I'm order not cook. talking about Pop Tarts, guys. Nope. I'm talking about There were Pop Tarts. I mean if we if wanted we wanted them, them yeah. There were also omelets, omelets made to order. Made to order omelets, bacon. waffles, bacon, pancakes, oatmeal, grits, 
whatever you wanted. And it was magically in the pantry. Like, it was never not there. And My mother's pantry was kind of like a 1950s hoarding situation where, like, she was worried the next famine might come along. Yeah. And not, and not, um, not in like a great, no, like not unrealistically (laughs) because she grew up. I mean, when she grew up, that was a realistic thing happening. And so, you know, um, she's not that old, not in the fifties. No, but I mean, the point being that, yeah. So she's, she's young and beautiful. (laughs) You know, she is young and beautiful. (laughs) Uh, no, but I mean, really she, she had every food imaginable. I remember like we could go shopping downstairs in in our basement, in our basement she'd be like go pick out a vegetable and you go downstairs and you'd spend like a half an hour cataloging all of the canned vegetables so that you could make sure that you made the right choice yeah because there were choices there were always choices so she made you breakfast you could not leave the table without eating breakfast which was a very good call on their part because i had hypoglycemia as a child so she mean if she she sent me to school (laughs) hangry the school would have called and been like take this child back what did you do yeah um but then she'd always come home, and between her and my dad, dinner was always together, always together. We ate all of our meals together, even on the weekends if we did lunch. Like, we'd eat lunch together most even of the time. Even if we, um, like, like if, even if we had and... dinner in front of the TV, which was, like, once in a week, we would have, like, pizza night or whatever, it would always be, like, we would set up TV trays and watch the a show together. together and eat together. And, like, if we had sports till 8 o'clock at night, dinner would just be at 8.30. Like, yeah. it was... It was a thing all the time. So breakfast together, dinner together. When we were home on the weekends, we'd have lunch together. Like we, the house was always clean. I mean, it was like messy, no, but it but wasn't like, like it no. wasn't messy. It was just it was maybe cluttered with all of our crap. Yeah, but it was like clean. I mean, like it was a lot cleaner than my food, house. No, if you drop like here's the thing in my in my house right now, guys. If I drop food on the floor, I legitimately think about it before I eat it. Right? Like that's <laughs> the state of my floors sometimes because I have an eight year old and two six year olds and yeah. an eighty pound dog. Okay, so yeah. sometimes I don't want to eat off the floor. But in that house, there was no question. You're like, oh, I dropped something on the floor. Sure, I'll eat that because it was it was just clean. I and and also it was just whatever we needed happened. There. Yeah. Whenever we needed to go somewhere, they got us there, you know, and, and I'm not, I am not actually putting all of this on mom either, because I think we also had an unrealistic expectation for a dad mm-hmm. or for a man in our life, because he was always like, I mean, ha- like just, he helped out. He was always around. He was always interested. He was always involved. Like he, he was doing like leading sports and yeah. leading, he Coached was Indian princesses. Indian princesses. Yeah. He, I mean, he did all these things, and so we just had, we had this really, these really, really, really great role models for parents, but then as we became parents, we were like, wait, we have to be like Crap. that. <laughs> no, what have we done? I was like, we can't be like that. I was like, I can't be like my mom. My mom is a shark. If she stops moving, she dies. Like, like she literally can't, even now, she can't stop moving, and so... I think that was part of it is just, you know, kind of growing into yourself as, as a woman and as a mom and as a, as a spouse and being responsible for other people and to other people. Um, it was just, that's what we, that's really what we want to talk about here is like, is what is that? And and we're going to just share our experience personally, but, um, and, and we're actually really excited to start to hear from you guys about your experiences and, and have you chime in and share with us, you know, oh my gosh, that's how things went for us too versus, oh my gosh, we had the exact opposite. So, I mean, it wasn't yeah. all, and, and, you know, it wasn't all sunshine and roses because things happened. Well, we hated each other, so there was that. Oh, yeah. 
we we were best I mom swears I have no evidence of this that we were best buddies there's that picture of us when I'm like three and you're one where we're hugging and I feel like that's the last time I've No, she's, she would tell you that we were best buddies until like you were in middle school. I remember straight like tackling you. (laughs) Um, I I remember being a little on the physically aggressive side. You were physically aggressive. It was my only defense. I was so little. That's so not true because you have the, she, oh guys, she (laughs) has the meanest insults. Like this girl. So so there's this familial trait that we're going to, I'm going to let you in on (sighs) right now. And that trait is that everybody in our family has one eye that's like slightly less open than the other. Are you really going to tell this story right now? It's half out so I have to finish oh my god um I hate you and even though we all have this like my dad my mom I mean I feel like everybody does maybe they it do. might I just be like a normal human thing to have one eye that opens you know you're all just staring at our eyeballs you. <laughs> but um when I was trying to make her mad and I didn't want mom and dad to know I was trying to make her mad I like one day I pointed it out to her and then like every time I was trying to make her mad I would just like wink at her a little bit just to like she would point out the fact that one of my eyes is smaller than the other yeah. and it was something that was I was super self-conscious of when I was a kid <laughs> and she'd just make me start crying and my mom would be like what just happened and I'd be like she pointed out and Lindsay would be like I don't know what she's talking like about. I don't know I don't know what her problem is I never know and yes um you know it's funny because uh I we just had someone remark that we look like twins I'm actually a little bit worried about turning this into a podcast because I wonder how well you're going to be able to tell our voices apart because everyone, when I call, I have called her husband before. Well, and today they won't have any problem because yeah. I've got a husky voice. No, today. but like I have <laughs> called her husband before and he's been like, babe? Oh, I'm like, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's Lee. And also our mom, we will call our Sounds mom and she's like, like hey, Lindsay. And I'm like, nope, it's Lee. And she's like, oh, I thought it was your sister. I mean, but she sounds just like us too. It's true. Although so, you two don't sound alike to me, but I've known you a long time. we do. But Yeah. So, yeah, we basically, we really did not get along for a good, what, 10 years? years? I would say probably from around the time you turned 10 to around the time you settled in in college, around like 19 or 20. Okay, so let's just put it this way. I was super duper duper insecure. And so I loved Lindsay's friends because I felt like I could always be myself around them. But like Lindsay was like, I want my own friends. And so whenever I try to hang out with them, she'd be like really mean. She'd be like, go away or whatever. And I get that because like now I get that. I mean, obviously she had her own friends. But at the time it was just like, I was like, well, I get along with these people too. I want to say, I want to hang out with them too. And so that was a big thing. The other thing is, is like you see us living kind of parallel lives. Like we just said, I think we were doing it back then too, but it felt like so much more of a competition. Yeah. Like we were on some of the same teams, not at the same time and. Although, what's funny is, like, this whole parallel life thing. As adults, it happened very organically. Yeah. Like, as kids, it probably had more to do with the fact that, like, neither one of us was super physically adept at sports. So, like, our options well, were... Well... You more so than my I was myself. good at sports, but I... I Got we, hurt We easy. have a, um, a familial condition that causes your joints to ache and dislocate and just be more flexible than than most people's and so I was 
athletic, but I would always be hurting myself. And so that was also... So she was like benched half the time. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have absolutely no athletic ability and I have asthma. So <laughs> like if I run, I wheeze and then I take 10 minutes to recover from a 30 yeah. second run. So it's yeah. just not, it, it wasn't in the cards for me. Oh, I, so around the time you went to college though... Things well, settled down. And, well, I'm going to just get really honest here. Like, I really struggled. So that, that insecurity and just kind of anxiety over everything really turned into anxiety-induced depression during high school. And so yeah. I had a really, really tough freshman and sophomore year of high school. And so my our parents spent a lot of time trying to help me recover from that. And thank goodness I had the parents that I did because, again, really wonder how well I would have done if I hadn't had their support and their encouragement and um but you know if there's two kids and one of them's having a problem and the other's just watching the parents take care of the other one it it can be hard there can be a lot of of resentment just stuff that kind of comes up from that and so I think we had to spend a little a lot of time apart and by a lot I mean months of time apart before you know with me at college and her still at home before we were really like okay we actually do like each other. It's just we were on, we were literally living on top of each other for so long. Yeah. When we went to college, it was kind of cool because, um, like the very first weekend that sh- that I was there. So I'm two years younger by grade level. So I, she went to college in 2004. Yeah. And I went in 2006. We both went to Ohio State. I went to a party. That she invited me to and ended up meeting my husband at that party um, that very first weekend that I was on campus before school even started. Now, that was when you were, before you went to college. Right. 2006. Right. Yeah. Is that what I said? No. You said when you were in high school, and I'm like, hold on. Oh, gosh, no. you got to be really Fall. careful here. No. no. I met my husband when I you were 18. was 18 years and old, and 18. he was 20. He was, yes, 20, yes. Um, I'm like, let's not get no, anybody no, no. twisted We there. met in 2006 on yeah. my first weekend at campus yes. after I went to college. And um, she, the reason that we met was because he had just moved into the house where her now husband had just moved out. So yeah. when he moved out, my, my husband moved in. And um, so we ended up having a lot of the same friends all through college. And unlike in high school, it was not a problem. In fact, it was probably a really good thing. Um, it was a little tricky sometimes. Yeah, but you know, honestly, I, it not really, really, I mean, I don't think it was tricky. Honest, I, I felt like at that point it was so much easier to be friends because again, you know, the school, the high school we went to was super small, not super small, but small, like, and the town was small. So if any Wyoming people are yeah. watching or watching or listening, you know what we are talking about right now. It's very hard to be yourself and to, to define yourself in a small town where you've grown up for the last decade because everyone's already kind of put you into a box of yeah. what they think you're going to be. And so if you decide you want to change that, people are like, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Well, and talk about your change. I like know. Your big change. And so Lee yeah. is no. not actually Lee by... Birth. birth. Yeah, so I, I changed my first name. I was Chelsea. She's not and, like yeah. a man. No. <laughs> I am not a man. There would be nothing wrong if I was that is true. a man. However, I, no. Um, I, <laughs> she just changed her name. Yeah. So I was born Chelsea Aaliyah Crawford, but I 
changed my name to when I went to college because, well, I got married and got the Cordell part, but I went from Chelsea to Lee and I had started that in high school. But the funny thing was, is I started going by Lee, but none of my Wyoming friends would accept it. And they were like, yeah. no, you're still Chelsea. And so, um, I didn't even try. Our God, our Godmother of our babies, of my babies is watching right now. It makes me happy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I was at youth group and I was going by Lee there. So then I was almost living like this dual life because if I was with my Wyoming friends, they called me Chelsea, which I hated. I, I never felt well. And the other connected. person who really had trouble with that was mom. And I get that because and she I didn't. You. I didn't get it at the time yeah. until my eight year old told me that she didn't want to go by the name that I gave her at, for a week. You know, eight year old, and I was like super mad until my husband pointed out that that was literally the same thing that I had done, and I realized <laughs> I couldn't get upset about it. But yeah, I mean, I really just kind of felt like I needed to add, to change the name that went along with the new kind of personality that I was showing after going through that time of anxiety and going through that time of depression and going through that, who am I and what, who do I want to be and what do I want to just be some, somebody a little bit more reinvented. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, I, however you do it. But it is very hard for the people who knew you as yeah. whatever it was that you were. That's kind of one of the things that I think is hard about, um, like, just the stage of life. So you are, first you're a high school student, and then you're a college student, and then you're a professional, and then you, like, we got married right after college. Yeah. Before we were even professionals, but we got married, and then we were professionals, and then we were nurses, and then we were NPs, and then we were teachers, and then we were moms, and then we were, you know, and it's just constant, like... Every few years, you come up with a, oh, my dad says that, that oh, our yeah. granddad also hates that she changed her name. Yeah, so well, that's fine. Whatevs. Yeah. He can hate it. I don't care. Anyway, so I the care, point is you change, yeah. you change your identity all the time, but you don't, like, you, you're having to redefine it for everybody else yeah. and also for yourself, and it's hard to um, keep coming up with a new balance every time there's another job or another kid or another spouse or a loss of a spouse. And we're getting to that age where some of our friends are not married. Some of them are married. Some of them are newly married or have been for a long time. Some Some of them are getting divorced or getting remarried. And it's just like, you, you don't get to just have one relationship with your friends. It's constantly being redefined by all the other well, things. Well, and I think that that's kind of nice, though, because at this point in life, I think it's so... Honestly, if somebody's changing something... I mean, big changes, yes, they can throw you for a loop, but but it's almost expected, right? Yeah. At this point in your life, to be like, oh, somebody's starting a new job. Oh, somebody's changing their name because they got married or divorced. Oh, somebody's doing this. Oh, somebody's doing that. But as a kid, I don't think you... It just, it feels so much more monumental than, than... Yeah, but when you think about, like, how many years of perspective you have. Yes. Like, every, like, we talk about this all the time with Sunny, who's almost four. Like, Dave was like, why does she remember everything? She remembers catching a fish a year and change ago. (laughs) She only has three years of memory. Right. Like, I was like, yeah, you know what? She probably won't remember that when she's 25, but, like, she's only been alive for four years. And also, our dad used to always say, and this used to crack us up, like, he would get mad at us for, like, not getting something right or get mad at the kids for not getting something right. And he'd be like, you have been on this earth for five years. How do you not know to brush your teeth? Or how do you not know to wash your hands? And, like, we find ourselves 
saying this <laughs> to our kids. Like, my daughter cannot sit in a chair. And she cannot do the whole, like, like what is so hard about wipe, flush, wash wipe, your hands? Wipe, flush, wash, turn off the light. Wipe, flush, wash, turn off the light. <laughs> wipe, flush, wash, turn off the light. Do you know how many times like, I say that? Six times a day, at least. Like, five, I don't know, five, six times And a here's day. the thing. They never one, get it right. One, two, three, four. So never. sometimes they come out and it's steps one, two, and three. Sometimes it's one, three, and four. Sometimes it's just one. And I'm like, how are we not <laughs> able to do all four but steps? she remembers the fish from a year ago. Well, good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or they remember something that you did wrong. Yep. She remembers every bad word I've ever said. Yeah. 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 One day, uh, maybe not on Facebook, but we're going to have to have a conversation about all of our mom fails uh, the things that we've accidentally said in front of our kids. Yeah. 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 Um, the best thing about that is that our kids always repeat these things to our mother. Like, <laughs> always. Like, they always say, like, they don't acknowledge the word at the time. Oh, yeah. But then they pocket it, and they bring it out when mom's around. Well, and what I think is so interesting is, like, my oldest, Annabelle, has the most amazing comedic and just just verbal timing yeah. of any child I've ever met. Like she, somebody, somebody did something the other day and she dropped a joke and then went, and I was like, <laughs> you're eight. How do you know to do that? But it was so hilarious that everybody just started busting up laughing. Like she can just do that. But she also drops, she'll be like, well, that's not what you said yesterday. And I'm like, no, don't tell them that's not what I said yesterday. Like, like I don't want them to know that's what I actually said. I want them to know what I what what I want them to know I said, you know? So it's just they are kids are so they're so good at that. So good at that. Yeah, they're really good at saying the exact wrong thing. One day we were at yeah. Perkins and this little old lady who was probably like eighty had this like bushy mop of just white frizz and Sunny was about maybe two and a half or three and she goes mommy she goes that a poodle <laughs> no she goes that a sheep and I'm like but she said it just loud enough that had the lady not also been a little hearing impaired because she was in her 80s it would have been concerning but mommy that a sheep I'm like um no that is a woman <laughs> And we don't talk about people's personal but appearance. But she's not being mean. I know she's not being mean. Earlier today, she goes, Mommy, you got a big head. And I said, that's not a very nice thing to say. She goes, well, you do got a big head, but it's smaller than Daddy's. <laughs> I'm like, that is also not a nice thing to say. But how do you teach them that that's not a nice thing to say? Like, how do you... Because the thing of it is, is that they're being honest. They're being truthful. So then I... And that kind of brings you back to the, like that whole transition from childhood to adulthood. Like you get these things beaten out of you, and then people are like, "Why aren't you honest? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that?" And you're like, "Well, because for the last thirty years, I've been told not to be, or you know, for the first eighteen years of my life, I was told yeah. not to be that way." So, you know, we try to be really. At dinner tonight, Annabelle is getting ready to put Caesar dressing on her salad. Yeah. And if you have met this child, you know that this is not going to go well. Because she doesn't like Caesar she, dressing. No, it's not that. It's just that she has not mastered the art of putting oh. a condiment on anything without it going disastrously wrong. Yeah. And so as a mom, I grabbed the Caesar dressing out of her hand and I went and I, and I did it. And she's like, mom. And I said, you know what? You're right. I took away the potential for you to fail and learn and 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 went ahead and just 
took the certainty and security piece because that's what I needed. You I said controlled, all that? Yeah, I did. I said that to her. And she she went, thank you. Oh. And took it back and proceeded to put far too much dressing on her salad. Yeah. But that's fine. You know, like, I can't, I can't take that opportunity away from her. You know, I was, I was reading something, I don't know, reading something or listening to something, and it was talking about how... Um, I think it was in another Facebook group that I'm in. They were talking about how um, this mom has her eight-year-old, like, cooking, like, making dinner every day. And what this mom was saying is that she was watching TV one day, and they were watching Top Chef Junior. And she was, like, watching these kids, like, flambe stuff and grill things and come up with these brilliant recipes. And she's like, hold up. I won't let my child touch a knife. Yeah. Like, because... I am afraid that something's going to happen. She's like, and I and I get that. Like, I totally get that. But at the same time, like, how are they ever supposed to learn if I never actually let them try? And so she started, and now her kid cooks dinner every night, and it's one less thing that she has it's, to do. Yeah, I think we just, as moms, as parents, you've got, again, you've got so much on your plate, and so there's this piece of control. What can I control? What can yeah. I control? What can I control? And you can control your child not making your kitchen a mess while they cook dinner and having it take three times as long but the thing is is like how are they ever going to learn to cook dinner i know if you don't actually take the time to teach them it's the same thing like i could wipe sunny's behind every time she went to the bathroom and actually it didn't occur to me not to do that until one day we were at preschool and the teacher's like oh no she knows how to do that herself and i was like what (laughs) like you mean this child has been playing me (laughs) God knows how long. She has. She did. She, she did. totally did. And and it's hard to like the thing about your kids growing is like it's so insidious. It's so Yeah, other people are gonna see it because it's in steps versus right. you're there. Because they day see in, them like out. every few weeks or they see them every month yeah. or whatever or on pictures. Like I see her all day every day. So like your children are constantly becoming more capable and it's hard to like see it happening as yeah. it's happening. Yeah. It's not until after the fact that you're like, oh, she could have done that a while ago. Yeah, because the first 18 times she spilled the milk, the 19th time you're like, forget it, I'm just doing it. And then, but wait, she's been actually, six months later, she can do it. You just haven't been letting her do it. So we got really, we like went, but you know what? This is what, if if people don't like that, I'm going to just put this out there right now. If you don't like off topic, you're not going to like this podcast. So you can just stop listening now. You can go find something else. There's amazing things out there. Yeah. But if you we do want like, you to hang yeah, with us. Yeah, we do want you to hang with us. If you like the ranting and the rambling and the going off into cro- crooks and nannies? Nooks and crannies. <laughs> crooks and nannies. Crooks are burglars and nannies are the people we hire to help us. So if you also like people who occasionally say the wrong words and it's not, they can't even attribute it to wine... Nope. You also want to hang with us. So She's had like three sips. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what we wanted to do also was actually we came up with a list of questions we want to ask each other and we did not look at these questions. Um, like we don't know what the other one's going to ask us. So we're just going to do that and learn a little bit and you guys will learn with us. Yeah. We have not practiced this, which will be very evident. I'm pretty sure. In the I answers, like this so. one. So I'm going to start. Okay. What is the dumbest thing that you've done that actually turned out super great? The dumbest thing. Like, what's your best happy accident? Hmm. I 
it's a good question, but it's hard to think of something. Yeah. So, okay. I'll actually talk about, can I talk about like the best coincidence or the best, like just crazy thing? Okay. Should we both answer both questions? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, a lot of you guys might know this story about how I met my husband, but, um, I had, I was at Ohio state. It was my freshman year. I had just turned 18 about three weeks before, and I had just had a really traumatic event happen in my life. So I was like really not in this, it, not in a healthy place. And I was going to class, so I was still going to class. And so it was chem, oh, it was the second chem um, that I needed to finish up my degree, second of three chemistry classes. And so I was on the bus and I was just not feeling that great, but I saw this really cute guy that was sitting like down uh, on the other side of the bus. And I was like, oh, he's cute. And I was like, you know what? I should talk to him because what does it matter? Like, I'm just gonna talk to him. Sounds like fun. And at that point, like again, super not awesome phase in my life, like pretty destructive phase actually. And so that could have gone horrifically bad. Um, And so we were getting off the bus and I ended up starting to talk to him. And he said, um, I forget what, oh, <laughs> you're going to laugh. He had his eyebrow pierced at the time. Oh God, I forgot about that. Like hashtag bad decisions. Um, yeah, like eyebrow little... pierced at the time and I had just gotten my belly button pierced. And oh so God, I, I, I forgot know. about that like, too. You just think of these horrible decisions <laughs> that you make when you're I forgot all about 18, that. But yeah. Um, so I asked him where he got it done. Uh-huh. And we kept talking and I, and I said, oh, by the way, my name is Lee. And he, he stops. Like, we were we were walking next to each other and he stops and faces me. And he's like, are you serious? And I said, yeah, why? He's like, my name's Lee. Oh, that's And I said, story. oh, but you know, it's not actually my real name. It's or my first name. It's my middle name. I just go by it. And he goes, it's my middle name, too. <laughs> and I said, he's like, my first name's Timothy, but I've gone by Lee since birth. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I said, well, you know, I have to go to chem class. Um... So I guess I'll see you around. And he's like, I'm going to chem class. And I was like, well, this is just the best Bob Ross happy accident ever. So we ended up going to chem class, talked the entire time through class, which was so unlike me. I used to really just pay attention all the time. Um, I really liked school. I liked school too, I didn't pay attention. um, Chem, I had to pay attention. And we ended up going on a date two days later. And, you know, it's been 13 and a half years now. So... You know, I, I just think about how that could have turned out. That could have been another jerk that just, like, sent me further down the spiral. Because, again, I was just being very haphazard in how I was putting myself out there. But <laughs> my dad's sitting here saying, tell them about how your belly button piercing got infected. Yeah. That's the parents the... were not pro-belly button piercing. Well, and honestly, the reason my belly button piercing got infected was because a friend was joking around and hit me in the stomach and her ring got caught on it. So not any act of my own, but still, I, I fully support the bad decision that it was, Dad. Um, it was, you know, it was an 18-year-old thing. It was an 18-year-old thing. So that was my happy accident. <laughs> Best happy accident ever. It's like, it changed my life. So, yeah. How about you? So, um, probably the, like, the dumbest financial decision I've ever made in retrospect Mm. was not going to nursing school from the get-go, um, because I could have gone to school for one less year and then also worked through my grad program. Yeah. Um, 
and the reason I didn't do that is because senior year of high school, I was going to go to nursing school. I had every plan to go to nursing school. I had um, interviewed with the College of Nursing, and I had visited the College of Nursing at Ohio State, and I um, went to anatomy class one day, and the drum teacher from the marching band, who's a paramedic, was there, and he did a lecture on his job as a paramedic, and he showed us a picture Wyoming people, if you remember this, please share it because he did this every year. He did it. It was his name was Will. I can't remember what his last name was. I don't know, but that picture. He shared a picture of a guy who had ridden a motorcycle into a tree without a helmet on, and like I won't go into detail because obviously this traumatized me. But all I remember was just like his face was just like red. It wasn't a face. It wasn't a face anymore. It it was awful. And I also remember my feet getting very tingly (laughs) and then just like black spots appearing everywhere and then I remember thinking like well I guess you're gonna sit in this chair until you're functional again and I like just ebbed in and out of consciousness low-key passed out I low-key passed out in anatomy class and um that was the end of my nursing career so you thought so I thought um until like three years into my undergrad which was in speech and hearing science when I was just bored out of my mind and I was like okay nothing's gonna do it except nursing and so um actually I it wasn't nursing I decided to go to med school yeah and I spent a couple of weeks researching all of the different tracks for going to med school and talking to my advisor and basically there was no way to do it that wouldn't lose several years of college and my mom I called my mom and said like I don't know what to do I'm totally screwed like I, I've made a horrible decision and my mom was like you know your sister's doing this grad entry nursing thing um, where Which, you go to nursing school as a master's student and I was like I don't want to be a nurse anymore I want to be a doctor and she was like no you you want to be an NP she's like trust me she's like just do some research and learn about NPs and see if this is something you might be interested in and I did and then all that research circled right back to the same program that you were in. Which is so funny. Like, can I, can I... Yeah. Hearing you but talk about honestly, that... honestly, I wanted to do it first. No, you did want to do it first. <laughs> no, but that's actually what I wanted to say. Like, it's, that's such a funny story for me to hear. Because it just highlights how different yeah. we are. Because I was... I, I'm hearing her use the words, like, research and really thought out and planned and I did this for a couple a couple months I did this for a couple months and before I decided I'm like I was like oh this looks cool let me do this and that's literally like what my brain does it's like this looks cool let me do this and going forward so um I yeah I that's just how it's always been for me I'm I'm, glad like okay so This kind of answered one of my questions, which was, how did you end up with the job that you have? Like, would you do it different? And the teaching fell into your lap, too. Every, so that's how Teaching was like the other half, like, I knew I wanted to be a nurse. I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I knew I was going to get there eventually. That's how my life has always been, though, is that things, like, I really feel like I'm, like, things fall in my lap. And that's, so that's kind of been why I think this last period for me has been interesting, because I've been having a lot of anxiety over controlling things, and that really has always kind of, I've, I think I've always counteracted that by just be flying by the seat of my pants. I do not fly. Because if I, if I get into the, I'm going to plan this out, I start getting into the weeds and I get 
super anxious and super like just mm. not okay. And so I've really taken on this, well, we're just case sera sera yep. um mentality and it's helped, but I you know, I think there's a happy middle and I that's something I'm actively working on. But yeah, no, I I went from from I went into college as a math major, switched to psych and then added Spanish. Graduated with psych and Spanish, went to nursing school to be a midwife, then oh, changed. Yeah, I forgot all about yes, the midwife. Wanted to be a midwife, changed to be a CNL, and which then is, which is a clinical, clinical nurse, nurse leader, leader, so like a master's prepared bedside nurse. And then I was like, you know what? Um, actually, I want to be an acute care nurse practitioner, so I'm going to do that instead. And even have had a ton of jobs since then. Like we've counted up the job changes I've made in the last six years. Like I, I've been at the same nurse it's practitioner job for six years but in that time frame I've done like so many had like 11 things. jobs like 11 yeah like gigs. 11 different side gigs slash part-time slash whatever so I I just think it's it's it was so interesting to hear you say that because I never I, I know we're different but like we got here we got to the same place in a completely different way yeah and you can't really see this because it. we have the camera yeah intentionally faced but I literally have like two pages of notes just in case I need them. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold, Hold on. on. She's going to get the she's going to get my notes they out. Here are her notes. Ah, those are my notes. And she shows up she's like I've got notes and I'm like nope. Nope. <laughs> no no. And she's like no I've got it all in my head it's yeah, fine. We're good. We're good. So Okay, so your turn to ask one question. And then okay. we should probably like we're gonna talk about up. we're going to wrap up talk about what future. Yeah, what's going to happen next and then we want to talk to you guys a little bit. Yeah. So um what was the one I wanted to ask you? I wanted to ask you about, oh, um, no, I lost it. This is why I don't fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> See, you can't just me, lose it. But for me, this isn't uncomfortable. Like, Ugh. like I'm like, this is fine. I don't like it. Like, you all know we're humans. This happens. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, oh, what is the best compliment that somebody has ever given you? Oh, um, you know, honestly, like what I want to be now is I appreciate when moms, when other mothers tell me that they feel like I don't judge them. I know. Yeah. Like I, it's, it's really hard to raise tiny humans and I just don't ever want to make a mom feel worse about the way she's raising tiny humans as long as she's keeping them safe yeah. and if she's not keeping them safe probably it's because she doesn't know how to keep them safe or she doesn't know that what she's doing is not keeping I'm them using safe this as a pillow. That's fine. I'm just there's kidding. a baby seal on the couch okay. that's fine. That's fine. but the point is like I, I never want her to feel like I'm coming at her from a bad point and like you can only do and it's, it's the same like it's the same way I treat patients it's the same way I try to treat students it's like everybody is operating to their to the capacity that their Everyone's consciousness doing the best they can. Everybody's doing the best that they can and nobody can be expected to do better than they know how to do. Oh yeah. So like I don't think people are bad. I think people are good and I like as a whole um and having little people who are so good but experiment with the bad because it's just yeah. part of being human. Yeah. So like I don't know. I just, I want, 
other so mothers said to, to you, be supported. Yeah. I just love being with you because you just make me feel like I can be myself and I'm not you know, being like, judged. Or like, like right? when I offer advice, if they say, oh, I really appreciate that and I appreciate that you didn't make me feel bad. Like, that's a nice... And that translates over to your The other compliment too. is when patients tell you, like, you, I wish you could be my NP all the time. That's the other. I love when people say that. They're like, you're the best NP I've ever had. Like, I like, wish you could be my primary care person. And I, that's not what I do. Um, I just wish they could. Yeah. I, and sometimes I'm like, eh, it's a lot easier to do what I do than yeah. it is to be your primary that's person. That's what I say, too. Yeah. But I, it feels good to know that you're doing something nice for people. What about you? Best compliment? You know, I think the best compliment that I get these days, which really makes me... Actually, you gave me one of the best compliments last night. Of course we, I did. No, you did. Um, <laughs> and it goes in line with like the thing that just makes me feel really good. I really feel like, as humans, our job is to spread light and love to others. And so, when people tell me that they feel like I inspired them, or yeah. I lifted them up, or I helped them think positively, or I just set like a good example that always makes me feel really good because that's what I'm that's what I'm trying really so was it when I told you that you I don't hear you yeah so I was I was at we were at Cooper's Hawk I had been in heels for 10 hours which is not my norm um and I was just tired and and just tired it was the last day of the semester and just a couple things had gone not like I'd planned and when and my, it was kind of a backhanded compliment actually. But yeah. She goes, well, it wasn't intentional. No, she goes. You know, you don't usually complain like this. And I remember thinking like, really? Because I feel like I complain a lot. And then I realized that I only complain to my husband usually, um, mm. which is a problem. Which, which is, is another something episode. we're going to talk about in another episode. <laughs> is like how to like we're going to talk all about marriage, not like get into our own personal marriages a lot, but talk about like. How do you balance two working parents, one working parent? Like, oh what gosh. do you do? And, yeah. like, we come from very different places on this because her husband stayed at home for many years yeah. and now is back to work. And my husband and I have always worked from the get-go. Um, and neither of us is capable of being a stay-at-home mother. Stay-at-home moms, if you are listening Superheroes. or watching, you are the real MVPs. Absolutely. Don't know how you do it. And Nope. If you have tips or tricks, please give them to us because when I'm home alone for three days for nine hours at a time with my three children, I feel like I'm going to lose my mind. Mine is not even three, like it doesn't even have to be three days. Like Saturdays, Dave is at work and I have both kids all day and we usually have stuff we have to do. And like by about 2.30 in the afternoon, I'm done. I'm like, I gotta, we gotta do stuff because I, yeah. That's I can't my answer is I'm like, let's do go stuff. do stuff because yeah. then they can run around and be themselves and, and not. But the point is, we're going to have to talk, we'll talk at some yeah. point about marriage and how to like keep your marriage comfortable and navigate these waters of like everybody yeah. has all these different responsibilities and how to not like, how to have a husband who's a best friend or a partner who's a best friend who you also don't just like dump all your stuff on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's, it's, it's such a fine balance and it's so funny because people, you know, like having been on social media a little bit more over these last several years, people are like... Oh, I'm just so jealous. Like, you have the perfect marriage. Like, like no. first of all, there is no such thing <laughs> as perfect. And secondly, if it existed, I don't have it. So, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that meanly, but my husband and I are both, we're human beings. Yeah. And, and, and I do, I have habits that I've been trying to break for a really long time that I still screw up with. And, and you know, and he has things. We all have things. And, so and it's just, it's a balance. It is. 
So things we're going to talk about moving forward. Yeah. Um, our next episode, I think we're going to talk all about imposter syndrome. Yes. So for those of you who don't know what that is, like that feeling that you're faking it all the time. Like whatever you're doing right now, you feel like you're not really doing it. What is he? He's dead young. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about like feeling like an imposter in teaching, feeling like an imposter in nursing, feeling like an imposter in motherhood and being a wife and just being like a, an adult. I don't even feel like an adult. Sometimes I feel like I, yeah. Like, like I'm like, who gave me permission? Who, like who, who somewhere in this world looked at me and said, yeah, she can have all this responsibility cause she can handle it. I remember when Sunny was born, they were like, okay, you guys have to leave the hospital now. And I was like, no, <laughs> like I don't feel comfortable yeah, with like, that. Like I don't, you just want me to like take this baby out of here. I just met this thing yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I just and, it's, and it it's it, hard. it happens from day one. So other things I think we should talk about, and I don't know, we haven't gone through all our ideas we're yet, gonna. but like, um, we're gonna at least do one episode episode on all things pregnancy, infertility, and childbearing. And I have a few friends, and so does yeah. Lee. We're gonna hit you up, and we're gonna try to see if you want to talk to us a little bit about what your experiences have been like, moms who are becoming moms for the first time, um, either. Because it was in the plans, because it was not in the plans, um, becoming moms for the first time after long periods of trying, yeah. or not becoming moms after long periods of trying, or you had a kid a long time ago and now you can't have another one. Yeah. And just that whole process of like ma- bringing these kids into the world. Or or raising kids after you didn't bring them into the right. world. Right. So step parenting and all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you navigate that barrier? Just because I think. I think that's one of the things that's been coming up a lot and it's a little bit more accepted to talk about, but at the same time, I think so many of us, if you have your own experience, we don't want to push our experiences on yeah. other people because you're so afraid. And so just being able to like really have that conversation. So we're going to talk about some, so we have at least a couple of uh, birth stories to share and we've had some <laughs> friends who've had some interesting experiences. So um, some of you more squeamish types may want to skip that one, but we'll let you know when it's coming. Um, we talked about marriage and then just really the stages of life and what we're going through. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that I think is important for us to address because it's a big part of our life is the fact that we, we come, we are biracial. So our, our mother is white. Our father is black. They both have a little bit of native American heritage and in their, um, ancestry. And so we do too. And so just kind of talking about that and, in how it's played a role in our lives as women and as professionals and just. And it'll definitely come up next week when we talk about imposter syndrome because it's um, a big thing. It's a big thing, I think, in any racial community. Well, but but particularly as light-skinned biracial women, it's a big thing. So So it'll come up. Yeah. Wait for it. So we are going to be dropping this podcast every... We're going to be recording these every every other week. So we'll come live and then we'll drop our podcast the following Monday. So every other Monday we'll have a new episode out for you guys. And if we can't make it, we'll try to get one recorded in advance so that you guys have something to listen to if we're not around. And maybe we'll even throw in some extras if you guys like it a lot. So do us a favor. If you're watching this on the replay, go ahead or listening to us um, on the replay, just hashtag, uh, drop a hashtag replay for us so we know when you listen to it. If you enjoyed this, if there's topics that you guys want to hear about, please throw some hearts, some um, emojis in and just drop the topics below because we would love to um, make sure that we're talking about what you guys want to hear about. And if you want to talk to us, yes, we're going to be interviewing people. We're going to interview people, but not like... Not, like, asking you questions. Like, 
yeah, having a conversation. Yeah, we just sit down and have a conversation with yeah. other women who are who are experiencing these types of things. So, yeah, and, and the great thing is we know a lot of people between the two of us. Yeah. A lot of smart people. Yeah. We're going to try to get our mom and our dad maybe to join us here or there if they will. Uh, we might get the boys, the husbands in here. Um, and every now and then we will gonna, not bring our kids. No, on the but show. I was gonna say intentionally. Every now and then you might see a baby <laughs> or a a, a a toddler or a grown child come up in here and say something because you know that's how life works. I, I thought there was gonna might be a baby on here. The tonight. fact that my children slept through this is an actual miracle. And I have to go put my kids to bed. So like you like Jesus shone upon us. <laughs> my children, yeah. Pray I'm not religious. Me. She is. I, I'm i not all that Yeah, religious. you're going to see me cross myself. Or in those of you who are on the podcast, you're not going to hear it. But, you know. Yeah, she um, crossed herself in case you're wondering. So, with that, it was lovely spending yes, this hour with you. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad that you guys came on here for our inaugural episode. And, yeah, just uh, we'll make sure you, you drop your, your comments. And, we'll yeah, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks. Bye.